This is Republic of INSEAD, the 20 years later O3D podcast edition. I am Milena Ivanova and will be your host in this limited series. So, here we are, 20 years later, hopefully all the wiser, naturally smarter and as charming as ever. There were 432 of us in the O3D vintage. And certainly, there are 432 unique and very interesting personal and professional stories to tell. While I cannot physically cover all, I have tried to make a selection of stories that will keep you interested and curious and will hopefully convince you to join us on campus for reunion. Welcome to the Republic of INSEAD podcast edition and enjoy the show. You're smart, that's all right. <laughs> I just said he's smart. Guess who? All right. So now I should start by saying, having come from a banking background myself post INSEAD, I'm least interested in stories that have to do with banking and the world of finance in general. But then again, my guest today promised to be provocative. In other words, his usual self, so I cannot resist it. But first things first, let's check out how well his Republic of INSEAD yearbook entry has aged. I open quotations. The quintessential Swiss private banker, we are still wondering whether he's really part of the secret service, although we wouldn't know of which country. Always the man about town. There are more photos on the K drive of Monsieur B with his trademark cigar than of Anderson eyebrowing the camera with upward thrusting fist. Able to communicate in any language you request, give you the latest stats in every sport, encapsulate world political conflicts in minutes, fly planes, sink a good hole in a few, destroy opponents in tennis, party until the wee hours, yet be up 0600 for the morning endurance test through the forest. We all started wondering whether he is really man, machine or beast. Always there when you need him, he leaves no stone unturned. Voted as one of the top three bachelors of the section, the hardcore vodka swirling Iranian Swiss is a man to be watched. Uh, I think that last bit gave it away, but welcome, Beast, to the Republic of INSEAD podcast. Yeah, I'm not sure how accurate that was, but okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's check it out. So, three quick questions to update everyone on this yearbook entry still smoking cigars? Occasionally. You fly, you fly planes? I do. Yeah. Where is your handicap at? Uh, I have multiple handicaps, but golfing one yeah. is probably around a 10. Well, there you go. So the yearbook entry sounds quite yeah. accurate, no? All yeah. right. There you go. And maybe one last question from me before we really begin. Are you still happily rested after five hours of sleep per night? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, age has taken its toll. I need six. Oh, well. Oh, well. You know, I almost got into the ER because of you during the INSEAD year because I tried to pull up your trick and then I got such heart issues that, um, thankfully, uh, we have a doctor in our section, Olivier. Yeah. Olivier, my heart, I couldn't breathe. And he's like, well, how do you eat? I eat normal. Well, how do you sleep? Well, I cut on sleep because there's too much partying and too much studying and too much, too much. And he's like, well, I don't need to ask you more questions. Start sleeping more. So your magic works for you, but not for me. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, 
Welcome again. And let's start from the beginning or the end. The last 20 years in a nutshell, five, five minutes, tell us what you've been up to and where you've ended at. Wow. Okay. Well, after INSEAD, if you remember, I uh, got married pretty quickly thereafter and moved relatively rapidly. I think it was 05 to the Middle East where we settled in Dubai, uh, where I remained in banking and uh, had both of our kids uh, born there. We had initially gone to Dubai to spend four years there and then come back to Switzerland. Four years turned into 13. Did a whole host of, uh, of different financial kind of banking related jobs out there at some point with a couple of actual INSEAD grads, but 10 years before us, I think they were class of 93 or 94. We set up an impact investing business focusing on sub-Saharan Africa before coming back to the dark side and, uh, and eventually, you know, moving back to Switzerland, I think it's about six years ago now where, um, you know, two kids have grown up, two dogs and, uh, and still very much involved in, uh, in all things banking, both traditional and and digital, so it's uh, it's been a fun ride. I can't believe it's been it's been twenty years. You know, we've stayed in touch. A bunch of us have stayed in touch more than with others. You know, I think uh, all in all, can't complain. It's been a uh, it's been a good couple of decades. Mm. There you go. So banking, but not on the private side anymore. Well, yeah, I think I, I have I have two hats today. So one, one hat is very much still on the private side, and then my other hat is uh, is more on the kind of incubation of new neo digital banks, which uh, we've uh, we, we've accomplished quite successfully over the past five years. You know, I've had a number of discussions as well with some of our classmates. You know, Mike, Ricky, they've been quite active in fintech as well. So it's a space which is increasingly of interest to me, moving away from the more traditional banking. And I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's something which will keep me intellectually stimulated going forth as opposed to, to sticking to the traditional model, which I think is, uh, and, you know, we can discuss this a little bit more at length, is, is reaching the end of its, of its journey. Well, let's do that. But... As I said, coming from, well, I quit banking in 2013 and basically Wise having, woman. Been, well, having been a bank's analyst, I was like, there's no way this thing can continue, right? But I was proven wrong because we are, 10 years later, it's still going on and um, I don't regret it, but, <laughs> but I was, you know, analyst, we like to be right. And most of the time we are wrong. So. Mm. So there you go, banking. But before we go into banking in more detail, and you've promised me lots of controversy, so I'm dying for this bit. Let's let's just wrap up here on what what have been the biggest challenges or the biggest challenge for you in these twenty years. I think the challenge has been to to maintain uh, a good balance of you know finding finding stimulation at work. Um, finding stimulation at home, with your family, with your sports, with your with your activities, and then obviously with your friendship. And I think the biggest challenge as you start to bring other elements into this equation 
it, it, it becomes extremely complicated to find the right, the right balance. And, and, and that for me is, you know, it, it took a long time to try and find the right way, the right dosage of, you know, time spent with friends without family, time spent with family without friends, time spent at work, time spent doing sports, and then, you know, other intellectual um, stimulation through your hobbies. I mean, for me, flying takes a, a lot of my time something I need. And I find it extremely difficult as time goes on to, um, to, to, to find this balance. I think that was, that was something which I struggled with a lot, which I think today uh, I, found, I found a bit of a, a balance which seems to work for, 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 for me and, and, and for my family. So that's, you know, that's been a challenge. The balance, finding the balance. All right, so let's dive into banking. And when we spoke in the preliminary uh, discussion you said you will be controversial so mm -hmm. you are back in switzerland and we recently had the whatever you want to call it situation with credit swiss yeah <laughs> so and uh and and you told me well we'll continue to have bank failures and this is why so explain it to me or not to no, me. i mean it, i think it's it's not really a question of being, you know, controversial as 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 matter of fact. I mean, it's it's surprising to me that people are still um, amazed at the fact that banks can go bust. I mean, you know, they're they're extremely fragile business models, very very difficult to get a grasp of. I mean, you you were a financial analyst. I mean, you know, if if I tell you to express an opinion on a bank like J.P. Morgan or Credit Suisse or UBS, it is extraordinarily complicated to go through five hundred pages of of footnotes in an annual report and understand, you know, what really you're talking about. And so I think there's a, there's a lot of bluff around the analytical community uh, uh, and, and as well among regulators who have proven that, you know, things can get out of hand. And, and I think it's, uh, it's unfortunately an industry which is relatively profit and hence greed driven. And so, you know, where there's a buck to be made, People will try and sway the risk equation in their favor until, you know, you have kind of some mass knee-jerk reaction like a, like a bank run, in which case you're, you know, the emperor is left with no clothes on. And, and that will happen again and again and again, because although people like to, you know, bash banks, we all, we all need them. You need them to fund your business. You need them to open a bank account. You need them to, to mortgage your house. And so people turn to them by default without really understanding the beasts that they're, that they're dealing with, right? And, and so from a regulatory perspective, it's, it's extremely complicated to provide firm oversight. Um, and at the same time, you know, these are profit-making machines. So, uh, you know, I don't know why the public should be so surprised that, uh, that, that, that banks fail now. And then that's why I told you when we chatted that, it most definitely, you know, will not be the last time. It's it's a cyclical, it's a cyclical thing. But somehow, when it happens in Switzerland, it's like yeah, extraordinary, right? So yeah, I think you know the the regulators here dropped the ball. I mean, you know, we had five systemic banks in Switzerland. Now we only have four. Um, and again, I think it's you know the, the Credit Suisse one was a was a kind of cocktail of things which all came to a head. Um, you know, we, we don't want to get into all of that, you know, now it's, 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 it's not really the right form and probably end up boring everyone, but, but, you know, 
the regulator dropped the ball. That's that's the bottom line. The regulator, uh, you know, auditors, you could say the same thing, but you could counter argue that how would you anticipate a bank run? And that's in essence what took Credit Suisse down. People just lost trust. Uh, you know, as you know, a bank lends out more than they have. That's the whole principle of of how the industry works. And when everybody knocks up, uh, rocks up at your door and, and they want their cash at the same time, the bank goes bust. It is honestly as simple as that. That is what happened yeah. to Credit Suisse. And, 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 and obviously in the age of, of social media where every comment gets exacerbated and, you know, taken to the power of 25, when influential individuals who are large shareholders of these banks say the wrong thing at the wrong time, and then that just exacerbates the bank run and, and then you're cooked. But, you know, to the same extent that we're surprised that this should happen in Switzerland, I think, you know, we dealt with this in a very Swiss and pragmatic way. There's a bank run. It's Credit Suisse. Okay, UBS, you're buying them. And that's just the end of it. And we will provide you with the necessary guarantees to do so. Please make sure it's done in 48 hours. And, and here in Switzerland, people have moved on. I mean, everyone's yeah. a client of either one or the other bank. Honestly speaking, nobody cares. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. you know, bank went bust, got bought by a larger bank, and onwards we march. So banking is alive and well in Switzerland, for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, banking is alive and well in Switzerland in, in, in that respect. I think, you know, my, my traditional industry of, of, of private banking is, is obviously been been you know under different series of challenges you uh you 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 have much more transparency now and much more requests for transparency from from different governments and rightly so you know around, around the world you have a lot of geopolitical tensions and pressures which didn't exist 20 years ago with regards you know which types of clients you can or should be onboarding or shouldn't be onboarding and so you 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 have to manage a kind of geopolitical regulatory framework, which is uh, much more complex and much more costly and hence much less profitable than the industry was 20 years ago. So you've got to reinvent yourself. You've got to digitalize you know, your processes. You've got to lighten your, your operational workflows. And, and that's, um, that's just you know, the price of adapting to a, new, to a new industry standard. And the same way that other businesses and industries have been totally disrupted and gone bust, I think the traditional face of Swiss banking, if they don't, um, you know, will we'll, we'll face a very, very complicated ecosystem in, in, in the next decade. So I think there's a big struggle to invest and reinvent themselves. Let's see, you know, who succeeds and who doesn't. And technology and all of that, you mentioned you're going more and more into this direction. Yeah. How do you see the? It's a, it's a, it could become a tsunami at some point, or traditional banks become a utility, and then a lot of the yeah. profit moves to the new technology. I think that's that's probably going to happen. It hasn't happened at a massive scale yet. I mean, yes, you have some digital banks that have onboarded a you know tens of millions of new clients, but the reality is that most of those banks are still used just for summary purposes, travel, you know, good Forex rates, you get a card, multi-currency, but nobody's really using them as their primary financial institution yet, right? That's not where you go to get a mortgage. 
that's probably not where your salary gets paid into. And so, you know, there, there hasn't been mass scale disruption by, by digital players yet, but, but, you know, it's, it's definitely going to happen. And so if you don't invest in technology, you know, we've seen obviously businesses think that they're in position of leadership and then, you know, get totally disrupted. I think there is a little bit of a panic among incumbent banks and, but they end up throwing huge amounts of money at trying to innovate, whereas you know neo players come with a fraction of those resources and they're able to do something which is much lighter, better, cheaper, and more efficient. So, yeah, I think you will see you will see a, a, a whole host of these industries get disrupted. And I agree with your take. We probably go back to banks as utilities with huge state backing for you know your consumer banking and day-to-day stuff which the government doesn't want you know the average person to get impacted by 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 bank runs and stuff like that and then you'll have the the sexier digital offerings for people that are willing to take on more risk um and and invest or you know other types of activities probably what you're going to end up with and where do you see the world of well crypto blockchain ai banks and then yeah. central banks and digital currencies i mean look ai ai for sure um you know in in, in the wealth management space you would be hard pressed to disagree that you know it's some version of chat gpt whether it's four or five or six and you know they've already had some experiments will end up picking stocks way better than a human being i mean it's already that, well, that is going to happen. We know the monkey does it better than us. The monkey does it that. better than us. AI is going to do it better than the monkey. So, so <laughs> we're going to be in a better place and, and, and probably cheaper, right? So, yeah, for sure, it's going to disrupt, um, you know, inevitably. So that's, you know, on, on the AI side as well, in terms of your, you know, your regulatory concerns and your, your, your know your client and your suitability assessments. I mean, it, it, it will be able to process amounts of information that that human beings are just not capable of doing. And so I think, you know, it, that that is going to make banks better, cheaper for the end user, right? And, uh, and, and the winners will be those who will have invested and deployed this technology in, in an appropriate and applicable manner. Crypto, yeah, I mean, that's a different one. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm still not sure in the current state of things that it has any applicability whatsoever, quite frankly. Now, you know, will we emerge from currency to some form of digital currency? A hundred percent we will. It's just a natural evolution of currency. We used to, you know, barter and then we used to use precious metals and then, you know, currency came into effect and then it was coins and bills and all of that will disappear and it'll all be digitalized. So I think, yes, what you say is correct. Some form of central bank backed um, digital currency. But, you know, does does Bitcoin take over, you know, from from the US dollar and the Swissy? And, and no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I recently heard someone tell me that the craze with AI at the moment is in a way a replacement for the value destroyed in Silicon Valley. Replacement uh, for what? 
the value destroyed by venture capital funds in Silicon Valley around tech. So okay. um, yeah, let's see. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. In terms of valuation, in any case, let's see. So good. All right. And now all of that, you've been doing finance banking for 20 years and, and finance is many things, but it's stressful, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you said the biggest challenge for you has been, uh, uh, balancing the different important bits in our in your life so how do you how have you managed to deal with stress and taking care of health we are all approaching some magical number there some mm. are a bit below some a bit above but how do you deal with that how do you think about that what do you do well I think, you know, everyone finds their own equilibrium. I mean, I, I for, for, for me, sports has always been a huge part of it, you know, in terms of finding some kind of chemical balance. Um, I think, I think there's a huge impact there, but in terms of kind of, if you, if you talk about stress as a, as a psychological, you know, side effect, I think it's important not to take yourself too seriously. Right. And, and, you know, we're not we're not changing the world here. You you said it yourself. Credit Suisse, you know, could disappear tomorrow. And 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 as I tell, I told you, you know, people in Switzerland just got on with it. Thousands of people will lose their jobs, but nothing's really going to change. So, you know, you look at that and you're like, well, what value are you really adding, or what you know, what effect are you really having on your end clients if you were no longer around? is your job that essential that, you know, there is a crisis? And the answer is there isn't, right? People will find alternative ways and, and the world continues to turn. So I think if you, if you don't take yourself so seriously and sometimes have a little reality check, I, I think it helps to deal with perceived stress. I, you know, I try, I try not to do stress. <laughs> I love it. Only you can say this. I try not to do stress. Hmm. All right. And uh, since your entry mentions politics as uh, or political conflicts, but give us encapsulate for us the world in three minutes. Seriously? Yeah. Is that, is that a real question? It's a real question. No, okay. Yeah. What, I mean, the world is a mess. Here, here you go. I just encapsulated it. Is it, is it, is it, is it that the world is in a mess, or is it that human beings are are, are messy creatures? Both. Yeah. Well, therefore, the world is in a mess. Thanks. Yeah. Us. Yes. So, but where are we headed? I mean, uh, Switzerland coming, having been neutral, and in the most recent conflicts, expressing some stronger than neutrality views. Yeah. It's the world is changing. Yeah, I think I think yeah that that is that is true. I think obviously you know not to be cliche, but it, it is getting more polarized, right? And and uh, at, at every level of, uh, of of society and and in countries around the world, exacerbated for sure. You know by by social media and the ability for people to to communicate and exchange. If you had to encapsulate what's going on in the world, I think it's polarization. You know, people are extremely opinionated. You have the ability to 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 to, to gather large portions of the population for or against any given idea. You see it in you know the the the, the so-called bastion of democracy, the United States, which we all looked up to in the '80s and '90s, is uh, is very much a broken society. You know, polarized between left and right. 
We see it in Europe on on, on various other themes, um, you know, questioning whether the union as such is really uh, effective or sustainable. I mean, you know, then then you see the, the the Brits leaving. So I mean, it's it's a polarized world. But at the end of the day, I think we're still in a much better place today than uh, than we were two hundred years ago, where where people were chopping off heads and you know there was a much more violence per se, and and much lower quality of life, standard of living, much more poverty. You know, two hundred years ago than there is today. Today, you know. People are living longer, better. You know, people are in general happier, healthier. And so I think that despite what the media could portray or what we may think that, you know, that that the world is in a terrible place, we're also a generation that hasn't been through the hardship of, you know, a, a 39 to 45 type war, let alone a 14 to 18. And I think a little bit of a gilded golden generation that we we tend to find issues where there probably aren't any and, and fail to have the perspective that, you know what, society today isn't that bad, honestly, compared to what humanity has been, you know, over over centuries of, of existence. So is it perfect? No. Are we in a dark, dark place with no outcome? No, I don't think so either. Well, you managed, see, in less than three minutes. I like it, I like it. And I like yeah. that positive outcome there. But which reminds me to ask uh, you at the bank, um, are you seeing a shift or how, how are you seeing the push towards sustainability and finance as uh, playing a role yeah. in, in making certain things more viable versus others or I, I, I think if I'm being totally honest, I think banks are going about it just because they have to. I think that 90% of what they say about sustainability is is BS and they're just trying to cater to you know a, a wider audience that you know expects somehow you know banks to also be green and and not fund fossil fuels and stuff but i mean those fossil fuels obviously are fueling everything that we do in our day-to-day life so you know let's not get into the hypocrisy of that it's you know banks are trying um you know is the solution to sustainability and green environmental kind of you know esg problems going to come from banks probably not uh, quite frankly, I told you he'll be provocative. I like it. Mm, yes. Well, you know it's true, right? I mean, what what is it going to change? I mean, you look at some of these ESG metrics, right? I mean, a funny one is, and we've got a lot of friends who who work there and work there. A company like Philip Morris or Altria, I think, as it's known now, ranks higher on the ESG, you know, MSCI index than Tesla. I mean, yeah. you know, the fuck is that about? <laughs> yep. There you go. Well, apparently they're all out of this company now. Oh, they are? Uh, yes, apparently. So. Okay. Uh, well, we'll see at reunion. I love them all anyway. Hey, I'm, I'm a banker. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not criticizing <laughs> anyone with their career choice. I'm just saying it's odd to see certain companies, you know, rank high in these indices. And, and it's just a reflection that, you know, if you're selling someone a green basket of stocks based on metrics that you don't really understand or agree with, you know, the debate is endless. 
yeah yeah there you go all right and with that let's switch gears and talk in seat you mentioned you've been in business with INSEAD people 10 years older or yeah. before us. And then any other INSEAD connections that have crossed your path other than catching up with friends every so often? Yeah, I mean, there have been. I mean, you know, other obviously than the, the, the core group of friends that, that I've taken away from, from INSEAD, I, uh, you know, I have crossed countless number of kind of INSEAD grads, um, you know, either people that I've hired uh, as well. And I, and I have to say, you know, when, when I do see an INSEAD MBA on a CV, it does get my interest. I mean, I, it's bias, I guess, you know, but you're like, okay, this person must be somehow cool or, you know, what, what kind of person is this, is this individual? And so, especially here in Geneva, you do have a lot of people that have been, and it always amazes me that, you know, we've been gone for two decades. And so that's a lot of cohorts that have come and gone in the meantime. And, uh, and uh, in general, always, you know, super people, great conversations. And, uh, and I've hired a lot over the years, actually. There you go. All right. And um, your profile entry said always there when you need him. He leaves no stone unturned. And I fully confirm. So see, your profile is very accurate, actually. I don't know yeah, I don't know about that. About, but, well, basically, uh, every time I don't call Pasha, oops. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. go. Now you know it. I don't call him very often, but when I do, and if I need it, he's there. And so I called him for our 10-year reunion as we were setting up the endowment. And uh, of course, he was there. And now I called him again. I called him for the podcast, actually. And not so because I want to share people who've given. I want them to share their stories in the hope to convince others. And I didn't even ask him for anything. And he just was very point blank and said, how much do you need? And let me figure it out. So he, 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 he always figures it out. And thank you for making it so easy on me. <laughs> But you you did become a bronze salamander for our ten year reunion, and now you've pledged to get yourself to gold. So thank you so very much for this. But tell me, why do you give, and why should others give? What's yeah, your I mean, you know, I think I, you know, I, I don't want to be in a position where you know you proselytize to others and on on the necessity of giving. I think it's 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 very personal, but I can share kind of why, why I believe it's important. And then, you know, I'm sure everyone gives, you know, in their own way, but, um, and, and INSEAD isn't the only institution that I, that I am involved with in terms of giving. Um, it's the only educational institution. I'll say that much. Um, I don't, I don't give to my, to my, uh, undergraduate university, but that's for different reasons. I think INSEAD, if we talk about that in life, the most valuable thing that you could possibly have are, are friendships, right? And, and, and INSEAD has undoubtedly given me extremely precious friendships of people that are like-minded, you know, generous, extremely intelligent, uh, and, and uh, towards whom, you know, I've been able to turn for, 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 for advice, for, for real kind of genuine 
um, conversation and, and, and friendship over the years. And, and you know, this is a, it's, it's incalculable in terms of value of, of what this brings you over a lifetime, right? To, 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 to have this core group of individuals that, you know, they will, they will recognize themselves and they know who they are. Those who I've kept in touch with more, 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 more often than, than others. But for me, the, the gift that INSEAD gives someone is, uh, is, is really very much focused on, on that. And so we are privileged, right? We, we, um, uh, obviously some people come from, you know, more, 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 um, kind of, how would I say you know, easier backgrounds than, than others. But, but at, at the end of the day, I think we're all extremely privileged. Um, some of us have been financially more successful than others, uh, over the years that, which is not a measure of success by any way. But I think if you have been lucky, because at the end of the day, it's luck, you have been lucky to, you know, make a little bit more than the average, then, you know, it is important to, to not consider yourself as, a, as an island and kind of try to give back to causes or to institutions that will enable other people to also get lucky, right? And then, and then it's, it magnifies, right? If you can uh, allow someone the opportunity to get an INSEAD education, to meet people, how you know what do you know maybe that's the person that goes on to to be the ceo of the of the next biotech company that 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 solves you know the the the, the next virus or whatever it is so i think giving back is um is for me motivated principally by that by first a realization of the uh, good fortune that you know i have had in my life and uh and the importance of uh you know, sharing that with, with others. I think it's, it's very difficult to be successful, not attribute that to a certain element of luck and, uh, and decide that, you know, you, you're, you're not going to give back. That's, that's a mindset, which I have a very hard time understanding. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you again, because you make my life easier. <laughs> and I, uh, appreciate I, don't know. It. I don't know. I'll I'm... have more time. I'll have more time to party at the, so yeah. all right with this we move to the quick round of questions you said you haven't prepared so let's see how quick you are proudest achievement two generous kids success for you is i think having having uh having raised you know two decent human beings who hopefully will go on to have a much larger impact than i have okay happiness is uh, it's a state of mind i'm a bit of a stoic so we don't do regrets but um, learnings there are too many learnings, I think, to, to, to list them here. What keeps you awake at night? My kids' health. They're all right. Okay. Wish you had known someone had told you. Don't go into banking. Well, <laughs> so get out then. Blocked <laughs> <laughs> <Locked> in. <laughs> too late for that. Yeah, well, see, therefore, when I got the downsized, I was like, okay, thank you very much. You yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's tough if, if someone doesn't force your hand in banking, that's true. If you had to do it all over again, what would you change? Uh, I'd probably study psychology. Okay. Retirement ever or never? Definitely ever. But, you know, I have a whole bunch of other stuff that I want to do. So 
it won't be retirement per se, but retirement from banking. Yeah, that's 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 coming up. All right. All right. Keep us posted. Yes, you've promised to come visit. I will. I should tell you now I understand. So I was showing Pasha oh, again. I was showing him uh, my hometown and then he, he he's writing. He's like, yeah, we are going to come. I saw there's an airport. I'm like, what are you flying your own plane? Because. <laughs> because this airport is not commercial. Now I understand. Anyhow, divergence. If you had to book, pick one book everyone should read. Crime and Punishment, Dostoevsky. Most admired public person. Most admired public person, like politician, I would have to say Angela Merkel, because she's no nonsense and she got it done for 15 years. Very impressive. Okay. Most despised public person. <laughs> That would have to be the, the orange narcissistic psychopath because wow. he embodies everything that I despise. Yeah, there you go. To not he's name getting, him. He's getting quite a few votes in this forum, I must say. Is so he? Far, yeah. Has anyone else described him as such? Uh, orange, yes. Yes. Okay. yes. okay, and the last one. Uh-oh. Are you coming to reunion? Oh, I can't hear you. Wait, it's cutting. You, uh, it's cutting. <laughs> there you can't go. Hear. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. He cannot hear me. So yeah. let's see if he's going to show up at reunion. It's October 6th. I shall have you be reminded in Fontainebleau. So it's a dry, easy drive from Geneva, right? Yeah. And I can finally, I already said I can hear you twice. again. Okay, great. I know, right. yeah, I know. There you go. <laughs> I can finally say, this was a conversation with Pasha Bakhtiar, partner at Real and Isie uh, in Geneva, Switzerland. And uh, thank you very much for your time. And I do hope you change your mind or make your mind up finally and do join us in Fonti for a day or two or five. I'm Thanks a lot, Milena. We'll right. have to go down to Samoa and relive our own Absolutely. memories. You know what? It's unrecognizable. I, I don't know when you went there for the last time, but it's unrecognizable. 20 years ago. Oh, well, yeah. See? Yeah. There you go. Time to All right. You were listening to the Republic of INSEAD 20 years later, O3D podcast edition. It is my hope to remind everyone what an interesting and dare I say colorful bunch of people we are and how much we can contribute to each other, be it through ideas, knowledge or mere inspiration. The podcast is inspired by the original Republic of INSEAD yearbook produced on paper 20 years ago by Oliver Bradley and team. Thank you, Oli and team, for this contribution to our class's memory and for letting me continue in the tradition, title and inspiration included. Creator and author of the Republic of INSEAD 20 Years Later O3D podcast edition am I, Milena Ivanova. Original music by Peter Dundakov with help from Dare Films Productions. Stay tuned for more and remember to book your tickets for the 20-year reunion in Fontainebleau, October 6th, 8th, 2023. Thank you for listening.